bear with me. Um, as I was thinking about what to share with you, God directed me to an experience that we recently had at Christ Chapel Unadilla. So if you will, turn to Matthew chapter 6, if you have your Bibles. Matthew chapter 6, uh, I'm going to begin at the first verse and read six verses, then, then go further down in that particular chapter and read some more. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so it may read differently from yours. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. It reads as follows. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Verse 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. And pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Then down to verse 16. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who sees what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. For just a few moments, I'm going to minister from the topic, the necessity of praying and fasting. The necessity of praying and fasting. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to minister your awesome word. Your word is alive and living, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, we thank you, Lord, that there is power in your word. Father, we understand that we cannot do anything by ourselves, but we need you. So, Lord, I pray now that you would anoint me afresh for this preaching experience, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, you are my strength, my strength, and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. The necessity of praying and fasting. A few weeks ago, the Lord impressed upon my heart that the church that I pastor, Christ Chapel Unadilla, needed to go into a corporate fast. I heard God very clearly, and I knew that it was something that we had to do. 
I even had some members that came to me after I announced that and told me that they were ready to fast. And the things that I saw God do were very amazing. There were, uh, during different points of the fast, God did some very amazing things. And these, uh, he did the things that I would uh, ca- categorize as things that you hear other people talk about. People that you don't know, they typically, you don't typically know them. Uh, and they talk about how God healed them miraculous, uh, miraculously. Well, that's what God did with us. God really moved in a way that I had never seen God move before. I saw people who were totally baptized in the Holy Spirit who didn't even recall what they did or what they said. I saw uh, a doctor saw a lump in uh, the breast of one of my members. Uh, When she went back to the doctor after praying and fasting, the lump had gone. Um, Another member had a, hey, give God praise for that. And she's here today. She's here today. Another member had a, a blood clot in her neck, on the right side of her neck, that could have been totally uh, a fatal thing. The blood clot c- could have moved, gone to her brain, and killed her instantly. Well, the blood clot disappeared. Uh, amen. Amen. I had another member who needed a job. She wasn't looking for a job, but she needed a job. And someone went to her house and offered her a job. Amen. Amen. And personally, I, I, I heard God tell me things that I, I needed to know. There are some seasons when you will need to hear from God. I was in a very challenging place and he needed some direction from God and God gave me that. God spoke to others uh, through dreams and visions. Some of the dreams were interpreted. During one Sunday morning, God released a spirit of worship that resulted in an unprecedented expression of praise, and the list goes on and on and on. And God really did these amazing things as a result of us pressing into praying and fasting. Before we started the fast, I read a book that uh, I actually taught from, written by Pastor Jensen Franklin, uh, Free Chapel in Gainesville. And he pointed out some very, very interesting things in Scripture. In Matthew chapter 6, our text this morning, God gives us a very clear, very straightforward message. It isn't vague. It isn't ambiguous. It isn't unclear or difficult to understand. But rather, it is perfectly clear and very concise instruction. Through uh, Matthew 6, God says that there are three things that are essential to the actions of a believer. Three things that a believer should do. As believers, we should give, we should pray, and we should fast. And referring to these three things, giving, praying, and fasting, the Scripture uses the words when and not if. In other words, This isn't something that God is suggesting that we do. This is something that God expects us to do. He says, when you give, then tells us how to give. He says, when you pray, then he tells us how to pray. Then he says, when you fast, then he tells us how to fast. 
So God requires that we give. God mandates that a believer, a Christian, ought to give. In John 3.16, we see the example that God gave us as it relates to giving. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we as believers are supposed to give. Giving is what we do. We should be known as givers. The only way to be a blessing to someone is to give to them. That giving includes your time. Sometimes that includes your ear, uh, your talents or your gifts, and sometimes your treasure as well. The second thing God taught us is to pray. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. To pray without ceasing obviously means to pray without stopping, to pray without discontinuing. As you're walking with God, prayer isn't, uh, isn't something that you do. It, prayer is, should be something that uh, should define who you are. You are a person of prayer. You, you pray all the time. God always wants us to pray. God never gives us a reprieve uh, when it comes to praying. He never gives us a respite from praying. He always wants us to pray. He wants us to give. He, he wants us to pray, and he wants us to fast. He wants us to fast as we deny ourselves and seek him. Fasting is important to God. When the Bible mentions the word fast, it means to abstain from food for a spiritual purpose. And the, the important thing about fasting is, and we learn if if, if you fast and what you fast doesn't mean anything to you, it won't mean anything to God. Now notice in Matthew chapter 6 that God places giving, praying, and fasting on the same level of importance. He doesn't differentiate or distinguish one from the other. He doesn't say or even, it's, it's not even implied that one is more important than the other. One action isn't important than the other. I want you to consider the next statement that I'm about to say, and I, I said this to, to my members, and I want to share this with you for your consideration, and I dare not be offensive uh, to anyone in any way, but I said this, and I want you to consider this. I believe the, the missing ingredient that has prohibited some people, some people, from receiving certain breakthroughs is a lack of seeking God while praying and fasting. If the truth be told, I haven't been diligent in, in, in that area myself. Many people don't understand how essential it is to pray and to fast. Most of us have the giving thing down. We, we give. We, we, we give. Most of us have the praying thing down. We know that prayer is important. But we don't prioritize the discipline of fasting and praying enough. For some, praying and fasting is essentially a last resort, and not thought of as a normal part of a believer's life. Personally, I didn't realize how powerful praying and fasting is. So God makes it clear in Matthew 6 that giving, praying, and fasting were, are a normal part of a believer's life, and as much attention should be given to each thing. Pastor Jensen made a, a comment in his book which was spiritually, spiritually intriguing to me. He wrote, when, when giving, praying, and fasting are practiced together in the life of a, of a believer, it creates a, 
a threefold cord that isn't easily broken. He said, when you pray, you get a 30-fold return. When you pray and give, you get a a 60-fold return. But when you pray, give, and fast, you get a 100-fold return. I thought it was very interesting. He suggested that there are amazing blessings that God releases when each of these actions are practiced. And the point is, things do manifest. They do manifest when you pray and fast. And praying and fasting shouldn't be a rare occurrence. Praying and fasting isn't something that should be minimized or overlooked. It shouldn't be something that is infrequently done. But praying and fasting should become routine for all believers. You should pray and fast for, uh, or you can pray and fast for one day or many days. And as I was studying, there's biblical evidence of people praying for one day up to 40 days like Jesus did. So praying and fasting should be something that you do as soon as you sense in your spirit a need to do that. Because praying and fasting is a principle. It is a tool given to us by God as a secret weapon against the enemy. Praying and fasting is a a powerful, supernatural weapon God makes available to to all believers to defeat the the spiritual weapons of the enemy. Need I remind you that we are in a a spiritual battle. It's amazing to me how people can have, have the audacity to refute the Word of God, that the Word of God is true when we see all these all these things that have manifested, wars and rumors of wars, uh, um, men lovers of themselves and all these various things, earthquakes in diverse places. We are in spiritual warfare. This is why the Bible says in Ephesians 6.12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle not, we don't fight against flesh and blood. Our real enemies are not the ones that we can see, but rather they are spiritual forces, a a structured spiritual army operating in the spiritual realm, affecting us in the natural realm. And you must understand that there are demonic spirits at work operating in the spiritual unseen realm who are able to influence and affect us in the natural realm. And what fasting and praying does, it allows us to tap into the the spiritual realm where the battle really is, to gain spiritual insight and and spiritual strength to see or sense uh, 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 attacks coming to counteract those attacks. Praying and fasting has always been a part of what believers do. The Bible shows us clear evidence of this principle, and it isn't a rare or uncommon practice, but rather it was routinely practiced in the Bible. Throughout the Bible, prayer and fasting uh, occurred for various reasons. In Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas, were, who were church planters, appointed leaders in the church they planted after they sought God through prayer and fasting. In Joel chapter 2, the people of God had turned away from God, and God was about to pass judgment on them. He used the prophet Joel as his mouthpiece to get his word or to get his word out for the people to come back to him. God told them to turn to him, come to me with prayer and fasting. In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel prayed and fasted for health 
and understanding. In Matthew chapter 17, a man had a son who was possessed by an evil spirit. He took a son to the disciples who could not heal him. When the disciples weren't able to heal him, he took a son to Jesus Christ who healed the son. Jesus chastises the disciples because they could not heal him. And he tells them this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. Paul was praying and fasting when, he, when God called him and shared his assignment for his life. Peter was praying and fasting on a rooftop when God gave him, him a new assignment to share the gospel with the Gentiles. When Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, learned or feared utter annihilation, he proclaimed a, a time of prayer and fasting. In Esther chapter 4, she committed to a time of prayer and fasting for God's favor in a very critical situation. In the Gospels, Jesus prayed and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights before he began his earthly ministry and turned the world upside down. So prayer and fasting has consistently been practiced during Bible times and it should be consistently practiced now. When you pray and when you fast, it brings you into a deeper, more intimate and powerful relationship with God. Your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of the world and you are more sensitive to the things of God. Some things in your life will only happen when you pray and fast. Some, some things that had not happened will happen when you pray and fast. Some breakthroughs that had not happened will happen if you pray and fast. A believer who commits to praying and fasting with the right motives and as the Lord leads is one who, that God distinguishes from other believers. And it's not in respect to God's love for, because God loves all of us. But I believe God appreciates the intentional denial of flesh because in doing so we are placing him at a place of priority where he deserves. So when should you pray and fast? This is an important question. You need to pray and fast when you need God to tell you what to do at a certain time in your life. You need to pray and fast when if your desire is to know God's will for your life. If you are seeking his direction for ministry, if you need to know what to do in a, a very critical situation, you need to pray and fast if you want to know who to marry. You need to pray and fast to take the job that's offered to you before you take it. You need to pray and fast if you are contemplating a relocation. Yeah, yeah. You pray and fast when you desperately need to hear from God. When you feel yourself growing spiritually dull or dry, when you don't sense the cutting edge of your anointing, when you want to encounter God in a fresh and new way. Praying and fasting, I've learned it releases your anointing. It unlocks the favor of God on your life. Praying and fasting repair, pre prepares the way for God to give you fresh revelation, 
fresh vision and clear purpose. It brings you to a place of really hearing God. Prayer and fasting also causes God to release favor on your children. And 1 King 21, King Ahab fasted to the saving of his son. Praying and fasting can bring health and healing to your body. It brings financial prosperity and different levels of blessing from God. See, you will never walk in the perfect will of God unless you seek God in praying and fasting. Jesus prayed and fasted before his ministry begun, and he walked in the perfect will of God as we see in Scripture. Praying and fasting prepares you for a new anointing. David was anointed three times. And God doesn't put new wine in old wineskins. See, I believe there is something new that God is doing in your life. And you will not realize that unless you seek God in praying and fasting. This is important. When you, when you pray and fast, and I had to tell, remind my members of this a few times. When you pray and fast, as you are seeking God, do it with a spirit of expectation. Praying and fasting has to be done on a sure foundation of faith. It's all about faith. In faith, you are taking God at his word. You are saying, God, I believe your word, and as an act of faith, I am denying myself to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, don't, so don't go into a, a period of praying and fasting in doubt. For the Bible says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So when you go into a period of praying and fasting, be stable in what you expect from God. Expect God to move. Anticipate seeing the hand of God. Anticipate hearing God's instructions for your life. I was in a very difficult situation, and I, I was at a point of really not knowing what to do. And after a period of praying and fasting, God told me what to do very clearly. And he told me in a couple years that some amazing things are going to happen. And it was, it was and, and really, the, during this time of praying and fasting, God became more real to me than he ever has in my entire life. I've been in church all my life. And it's amazing how you can serve God and you, and you can still have some areas of doubt. But during this time of praying and fasting, God dispelled all, all those doubts. He became real to me. When you pray and fast for God to move in your life, the greatest, this is the, the greatest expression of faith that you can have, and God will honor that. And really, just being a, at a good service and hearing good, a good singing isn't enough. God wants you to hunger and thirst after him. He wants you to seek him like there's no tomorrow. He, he wants you to, 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 to pant like a deer pants for water. And you do that when you are praying and fasting because your mind is focused on God. I've learned that when you are praying and fasting, the devil, it makes the devil mad because your mind is always on God and not on him. And I believe when you are praying and fasting, you become more keenly aware of God in your life. There's been times when I've prayed and my wife laughs at me, but I, I go for walks in the morning. And it seems like in the morning, the birds, when, I, when I'm in a season of praying and fasting, the, the birds sing louder. And the, the sky is more bluer and 
It just seems that, that I can see God more in the atmosphere. The word that say the, the heavens declare the glory of God. I just, I'm, more, I'm more sensitive to God and, and, and I just hear more clearly. Praying and fasting isn't something that you do to impress anyone. You know, you know how, many, how many of y'all have, have gotten to a point in life where you don't need to impress anybody any longer? You've been there and done that. And really, they're not impressed anyway. <laughs> your praying and fasting is something that you don't, need, you don't need to impress anyone. It is your personal desire as you are seeking God and positioning yourself to hear from God. When you pray and fast, this is an act of humility. Yeah, and, when you are, and, and, and that means you, you, you are humbling yourself. You, you are looking at yourself as being inferior and insignificant and recognizing that you need God. Yeah. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, we know this scripture. It says, if my people, which are called by my, my name, shall humble themselves and pray. That word humble in this particular passage, uh, you can use, you can put the word fast there. If my people who are called by my name shall fast and pray. One of, the great, one of the greatest ways to humble yourself is to fast and seek God in prayer. Fasting is a principle that God intended for all believers, not just the pastor, not just the, the leader of the church, but all who believe in God and need God. Really, there were times when I fasted wrong, and I got to tell you this story. Uh, a few, several years ago, <laughs> We fasted, and I can't recall how long we fasted, but uh, uh, after the fast, uh, my wife and I were at the house, and, and we were on a countdown, and we looked at the clock, 10, 9, and when it hit and struck 1, we ran to the kitchen <laughs> and started gorging ourselves. I don't believe that was the right thing to do. <laughs> Fasting and praying isn't a punishment, and that's why God says, don't, don't look like you're being punished. He's not punishing you. But it, is a, but it is a privilege because it is God positioning you to receive supernatural things. This is good. Watch this. When you feel led to fast and pray, it is God giving you that feeling or that unction so he can position you to experience something natural, supernatural. So fasting is all about God. He is, he is prompting you to do it. And really, God starts it, and if you believe God, he'll finish it. So if you want to tap into something supernatural for your life, praying and fasting has to be part of, uh, has to be a normal part of what you do. There is a, a guaranteed blessing for those who seek God in prayer and fasting. In Matthew 5, 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus said, you are blessed, you are blessed if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, for you will be filled. And to be filled here means to be satisfied. In other words, praying and fasting is a means of hungering and thirsting after God. And when you do this, God will satisfy you. God will come through for you. Once you make 
a decision to fast and pray. You're already standing in a blessed place. You've already, you're already saying that you're going to deny yourself. You're already saying that you're going to forgo the thing that you enjoy in order to hear God. And when you do that, it honors God. God sees that decision. He sees your heart and he honors that. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to focus so much on your appetite, so much so that you miss the promises of God through prayer and fasting. When Adam and Eve sinned, they were enticed by food. They basically ate themselves out of the will of God. Some people really limit themselves, limit what God intends to do for them and through them from a lack of restraint. Praying and fasting teaches you restraint. When Esau sold his birthright, it was because of food. When the Israelites were free, they wanted to go back into bondage because of food. So don't allow your physical desires to limit what God wants to do through you. And I've learned that there's never a, a convenient time to pray and fast. Um, when we were considering praying and fasting, we didn't consider that the, that the fair was going to be um, in Perry. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I love, I love the, the big uh, turkey legs that uh, I get every year, and we like the, the funnel cakes and so many other things. That, you know, you know, we're, we're, you know we, we, we try to be healthy. And, um, and let me say this, fried broccoli isn't the healthy thing to eat. <laughs> but uh, we didn't think about that. And um, it's, it's been, it was really challenging for us, but it was good for us. So there was never a, a convenient time to pray and fast. The devil does not want you to do it, and he'll give you all the reason that you, that you want not to do it. When you pray and fast, you have to make up your mind to do it. And God will always honor that. So praying and fasting is necessary for the believer. It isn't something that you do every few years. Whenever you sense God moving, whenever you need to hear from God, that can be a time of prayer and fasting. As I mentioned before, there's biblical evidence of people that prayed and fasted for one day. So it doesn't have to be for a whole season. You can pray for fast for one day or up to 40 days. Praying and fasting is necessary, the, the necessity of praying and fasting. There's something that won't be overcome in your life unless you pray and fast. There are some family situations that won't be overcome unless you pray and fast. My wife and I prayed and fasted for our grandchildren and unborn grandchildren. There's some personal issues that won't be overcome unless you press in to God with prayer and fasting. There are some things that you will not get out of unless you press into God through prayer and fasting. When you pray and fast, God, God's rewards are waiting to be released in your life. They, will, they, they won't be, be released unless you pray and fast. Praying and fasting helps you stay spiritually sharp 
Sometimes in the process of doing church, you become dull and indifferent. But praying and fasting help you stay sharp and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Praying and fasting renews you spiritually. It breaks you from the world's routine. Praying and fasting humbles you. And it reminds you that you're not in control. It causes the roots of your relationship in Jesus to go deep into him. And you must understand that God desires to move powerfully in your life. And praying and fasting positions God or positions you so God can do that. There are different dimensions to God that the casual believer will not experience. A person who prays and fasts is a person who is serious about God. You don't just think about God on Sunday, but every day. A person who prays and fasts is serious about God. And when you are serious about God, he'll, he'll share secrets with you about himself his plans for your life and for the life of your family as well. So whenever you need direction, pray and fast, believe God. Whenever you need supernatural intervention, pray and fast, press into God. Whenever you are seeking clarity concerning God's will for your life, pray and fast. Whenever you need God to change a a season in your life, pray and fast. Whenever you need God to uh, need an ungodly trend to change in your family or in your bloodline, pray and fast. Whatever you need from God that you're not getting, pray and fast. Glory to God. Say amen to that. Pray and fast. Press into God. Be like Jacob. I won't let you go until you bless me. There are some things that God, that that you have to be desperate about to receive from God. Glory. Has there anybody in here just just been to a place of desperation when you you need to hear from God, when you don't know where to go and what to do? Glory. That's what praying and fasting does. It makes you Focus on God and, and think about God and meditate about God and hear God more clearly. It makes you see God and believe God and anticipate God and expect God. And, get, and you get God, God's attention as well. Musician, please. And I'm just about done. And that was a quick one. Say amen to that. Don't tell John I'll let you out early today. Just like me, um, I was in a very difficult place and didn't know what to do. And, and, and I, I long to, like many of you, I long to be in God's will for my life. I 
And just like me, there's some of you who are in a certain place. And you don't know really what to do. You don't know what to do. You don't know, you don't know where to go. Sometimes you feel helpless. Sometimes you feel lost. God says, seek me in praying and fasting. Lay before my altar. Deny yourself. Show me how much you want to hear from me. Show me how much you long to see my face. Let me know how desperate you are. Seek me through prayer and fasting. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. When you do that, I'll see what you're doing. I'll I'll hear your prayer. You'll get my attention. And I'll come and sup with you. I'll stand beside you. I'll, I'll kneel with you. Hallelujah. Mm. Seek me with all your heart. Long to be in my presence. Glory. Hallelujah. How much do you want to hear from me? How badly do you want to hear from me? How important am I to you really? Hallelujah. You can't hear me. You haven't been too, you haven't been quiet enough. I'm trying to communicate with you. Hallelujah. Quiet your spirit down. Hallelujah. Shut off the distractions so you can hear my voice. My sheep, they know my voice. And a stranger's voice, they will not follow. I believe, just like me, there are some people that have that need to hear from God. Need to. Need to. And you won't move unless you hear from God. God said, come to me with prayer and fasting. I'll speak to you. I'll hug you. I love you. I'll sup with you.
if you're in here today, and you need to hear from God, you need to hear from God, you need to hear from God, I want to pray for you. I want you to come to the altar. I was there. I was there. I was there. As a pastor, I was there. As a pastor, I was there. I had to hear from God. I had to hear from God. This is the desperate person. This is the desperate person. You, you could be like that centurion soldier who's seeking God on behalf of someone. Could be someone in your family who you've been praying for for a long time. You've seen no change. In fact, you've seen them get worse. I feel the Holy Spirit. We're all in different places of desperation. God says, seek me. And when you seek me, you find me. God is thinking about you. What is man that thou art mindful of him? He's mindful of you. He's always thinking about you. The things that you are concerned of are concerns for God. Seek me. Seek me. I love how the how intimate the worship was today. Seek me. Seek me for your marriage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Mm. Mm. I feel his presence in here today. There are times when we as believers must just lay before the altar of God. Hallelujah. So many of us carry so much weight. I did counseling a few a few days ago and a lady walked in my office and she had the weight on her that was incredible. She was weighted down with so much stuff. Mm. 
And God doesn't want us to live that way. Begin to press into him. Press into him. Just press into him. Press into him. Wherever you are, press into him. Close your eyes. Press into God. Nothing matters but you and God. You're in your prayer closet with God. Press into him. Press into him. Press into him. Meet him. Meet him. He's waiting for you. He's like the, the father who was looking for his son. His son had, had, had went his own way. And all along, his father was right there looking for his son. Can't you see God today? As you are coming to him, he's, he's looking for you. He's saying, come to me, my son. Come to me, my daughter. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for people who are desperate for one thing or the other. I pray for brokenness in some ways. I pray for those who need direction. Hallelujah. I pray for those who are in family crisis. And they, they're like the woman with, with the issue of blood. Tried everything. And it got worse. But she pressed her way through. She pressed her way through a crowd. And couldn't reach Jesus high. She had to go down low. She had to get on her knees and crawl. Just to touch the hem of his garment. And when she touched him. Glory. He said who touched me? Virtue have left my body. He noticed her touch. When you pray and fast. You touch the heart of God. You touch the heart of God. He notices your touch. Hallelujah, God. Bless your precious people today, Lord. As they seek you, Lord. As they press into you, Lord. As they press into you in faith without doubting. Lord, come through for them, O oh God. Come through, Lord. Only the way you can come through, for, oh God. Be God in their life, Lord. Be God in their situation, Lord. Be God. Be who you are, God. Hallelujah, God. The blessing about fasting and praying is that God gives you the grace to get through it. His grace is always sufficient. When you are weak, then he is strong. Thank you, Lord, 
for this word today, O oh God. Thank you, Lord, for te- speaking to those, Lord, who you spoke to. This is my prayer. Father, thank you for the gift of being able to fast and pray. Thank you for the grace you give us to fast and pray. Thank you for showing us how to get your undivided attention. Lord, now bless the hearers of your word today. May all who heard these words be sensitive or even more sensitive to your voice and your leading. Lead us so we won't miss crucial times of praying and fasting. In Jesus' name. And the church said amen.